0: Welcome to another episode of the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and we are still brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us on phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs on the internet. We have stories about all your favorite leagues, games, players, etc. Join us on there. Check us out. Love to have you. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy, FSM underscore fantasy, also on Instagram and TikTok. Still looking at growing those avenues, but slowly but surely, we're going to look to bring you more content as we're building this thing. It's been exciting, and we're here to bring you week six today, week six of the NFL slate. It was an interesting weekend, not as many points as we would have expected. There's just some unconventional matchups from a roster standpoint that manifested i saw in different leagues that i was in but nonetheless we'll be here to break it all down for you look at the players you know our all fantasy all breakout honorable mentions dynamic duos and buy sell or holds as we look at the waivers and just you know give you a little advice going into this uh this upcoming waiver uh wednesday just uh, hang with me here just we're just gonna we're just gonna chill we're just going to figure out what we need to do to improve our rosters I'm just trying to get you guys the best information that I do myself for my own teams when I'm in these situations and I have done for other teams in the past so we're we're in the midst of some interesting stuff fantasy wise so hang tight and we'll get started three two one here we go everybody hope you're having a great week we are just chilling here on a tuesday making this podcast for you all as we get ready for week seven but before we can get ready for week seven let's do a quick recap of what happened in the week that was week six Welcome back to the week that was, week six, which was one for the underdogs, but not on Thursday where the Chicago Bears were nice enough to give Brian Robertson Jr. his first NFL touchdown, leading the Commanders to the victory. Moving on to Sunday where the New York Football Jets came into Green Bay to embarrass the Packers, blocking field goals, punts, and scoring special teams touchdowns, leading to a dominant win. In the ATL, the Falcons took care of business, beating the 49ers by two touchdowns. The Pats dominated the Browns in the Bill Belichick homecoming game in Cleveland. The Colts got revenge on the Jaguars in their second game they've played this season. Minnesota got the dub in Miami. Cincinnati won against the Saints. The New York football giants continue shocking us all as they defeat the Ravens. The biggest shock of all, though, was the Pittsburgh Steelers getting the W over the TB12 Buccaneers. Rams took care of business against a very unstable Panthers squad in the afternoon. And the Seahawks also moved to 3-3, getting the win over the Cardinals. Then in our very own modern-day version of the Manning versus Brady rivalry, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes faced off at Kansas City. The Chiefs and the Bills dueled, but ultimately the Bills took the edge with getting the W with their defense and Josh Allen getting that one more opportunity to secure the W. Then, moving on to Sunday night, the Eagles moved to the being the only 6-0 team left as they hold back Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Then on Monday night, we were subjected to another pitiful Denver Broncos primetime performance, but it was the Chargers that got the game-winning field goal opportunity in overtime. That was it for Week 6. All right, everybody. I hope everybody had a great week. I hope you had one of these top fantasy players of the week on our all-fantasy team for Week 6. Looking it down... Breaking it down, we had at the quarterback spot, none other than the Joey B. Joe Burrow came out uh, just ready to ball. They love playing in the Superdome. Came out with Jamar Chase's jersey. Uh, We should have known it there that he was coming for heat that day. Um, And just to be fair, Joe Burrow owners, depending on the combination, I've seen a Joe Burrow owner in my particular league have the top score now three three individual weeks. So Joe Burrow is definitely making fantasy managers proud and happy and hopefully on top of their uh, standings in their respective leagues. So in general, I would say just looking at it, the quarterback position has been a lot more influential this season than previous seasons the way that things are kind of trending in fantasy football so quarterback goes up wide receivers value goes up running backs value depending on the team seems to be going down respectively speaking with who we would have assumed were our top picks in our respective fantasy drafts going into the season so then if we want to go to our top running backs of the week dion jackson so Jonathan Taylor being out injured, likewise with uh, Hines, gave Deion Jackson this opportunity. And he looked elusive when he had to be the running back the night that Heinz started. I believe that was against the Broncos uh, on that ugly Thursday night game. And I thought he looked serviceable. Um, if you were smart enough to pick him up and play him, like I saw some people did, in one league, um, good, good job, good job by you. Um, I picked him up and I did not play him, but I look at it as like even if you didn't play him, you know, you prevented somebody else in your league from picking him up and playing him against you. So, uh, horse apiece, either way, will he repeat that performance? Doubtful, especially if Jonathan Taylor comes back cause then he's going to get the volume of those carries. But, admirable performance by. Deion Jackson looks like he's questionable with a quad injury. I'm not sure if he's going to play anymore this season. But if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, you can't not get him involved somehow. But obviously, Jonathan Taylor is is he it he's, he's JT. Like you can't not play him. So hopefully, Jonathan Taylor comes back and gets the opportunity. But good on Deion Jackson making the most of his opportunity, getting the lion's share of. The running back spot for the Colts on Sunday. Next up, we had Ramondre Stevenson, obviously benefiting from an injured backfield in New England, so he gets the lion's share of the carries in that backfield. Um, What we can say about Ramondre Stevenson that's special is that he has always been a little bit better of a pass catcher, it seemed, um, than Damian Harris. So, Just being able to take that bulk load with the 19 carries and four receptions, I don't see why he can't do that more consistently. Now, will he score two touchdowns every weekend? No, but I feel like he is the better running back in New England, and I thought so going into the preseason. I was trying to key him in some of my drafts, wasn't able to get him successfully, but this if for those of us that were kind of keying on him, this is what you would have hoped for, uh, and good on good by you if you if you had him started him. Hope you won your week. Uh, he would have been a big part of that in the running back department. Then for wide receivers, for every top quarterback of the week, there usually comes a top receiver. Jamar Chase. He's still he's still relevant. I don't know why we were kind of thinking last week I heard a lot of people talking about how maybe he's not the, maybe the regression is a thing for him. Um, And it's not, he's not going to do what he did every single week last season. You have to take that into account when playing him. But to say that he's not going to have his weeks, that would be, you can't, you can't discredit him for his capabilities. Um, He is a stalwart at the receiver position, and if you have him, you are starting him regardless um, because he has the potential to put up that 100-yard day with multiple touchdowns any given Sunday. So with that being said, kudos to Jamar Chase. And then we had Stefan Diggs, was the best standout receiver in that beautiful game that buffalo and kansas city played a lot of people probably a little frustrated more points weren't scored but that's what you're going to get when you get two competitive teams playing against each other you're going to have games where it's going to be back and forth all the time and then you're going to have games that are a little closer and down to the wire like this one was that being said though there were receivers that made a lot of plays in this game and Stefan Diggs was the beneficiary of the lion's share of the Bills' production. And, you know, it's going to be Diggs it's going to be Davis, dependent on the Sunday. Josh Allen has proven that he can feed multiple receivers. With that being said, you can't go wrong um, starting either of them. It is probably the best duo in the NFL this season. And it's crazy because... You got duos like Tyreek Hill and um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, um, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. When Bateman's healthy, just any. And I know those those duos that I mentioned. Yeah, they're good, but they do not hold a candle to. Um, to the to the buffalo pair there and they even get a third receiver involved depending on the week and obviously t higgins and jamar chase are also one of those dynamic duos as well as we talk about in our dynamic duo section of the podcast uh in this episode this weekly um, recapping but it i don't i i'd be pressed to say that even jamar chase and t higgins are better than gabe davis and stefan diggs this season Last season, I think it was T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, but this season is the season of the Bills receiver duos. So that being said, moving on to the next one, Tyree Kill had himself a great game against the Vikings on Sunday. The Dolphins put up some good stats, which also would lead to the top tight end of the week. Mike Kosicki gridded his way into the end zone twice. Um... And he was just available. He was, he was, he was the top tight end of the week. I, I, for some reason he wasn't rostered in my league, one of my leagues, um, in particular, my, my main redraft league. So that would make him somebody that I would be targeting, especially going into this coming week against Pittsburgh. It's not like Pittsburgh has been this, I mean, against Tampa they were this week, but, um, You know, we have to just take it into account. Like, I don't think that Pittsburgh's necessarily going to be able to repeat what they did against the Buccaneers, but I could be wrong. Tomlin might have set them all straight. Mitch Trubisky might be um, a little more conservative or reliable after he had been benched for uh, Pickett. uh, He came out and he performed admirably, got Chase Claypool involved. I'm not sure. Where that came from, I don't know where Chase Claypool has been the past couple of seasons, but he showed up and showed out. So we'll look for more of that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. If you would have played Chase Claypool against the Buccaneers, I would have told you you were crazy, but he performed. And then, obviously, we always have one of those guys, Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. And Mark Andrews was the second leading tight end this week. You can always count on Andrews. He is a receiver, probably the best receiver, in that Baltimore offense. And he's just so versatile. I don't think there's going to be a game that he is in there with Lamar Jackson where Lamar will not try to utilize him in some capacity, whether that be to get big yardage or a touchdown play. Mark Andrews is just that dominant for Lamar Jackson. None in our flex spot, you know, we had so many great receivers this week. Not, not so many. We had a strong showing in some receivers this week, but Michael Pittman, despite his performance, fell short of the metric in the PPR format or half PPR format. He just did not do as much as some of the other guys, so he gets our flex spot of the week. And, you know, for what he did, You are going to be playing him next week. You have to hope that Matt Ryan will do some of those things again. Um, 13 targets, 134 yards. You can't ask for much else, especially if a player isn't going to be a touchdown scorer. So Michael Pittman, if he would have had one of those tuds, he would have been in one of those top receiver spots this week. It was that close of a margin. And then we had on the defense, Quite the shocker. Jets defense and special teams came into Green Bay into the frozen tundra of Lambo and just diced up my Packers, embarrassed them, made them look foolish on special teams. First off, blocking a field goal at the beginning of the game, then block Packers blocked a punt, and then the Jets blocked a punt, returned the fumble for a touchdown. Jets would have been the pick-up of the week. If you would have had them, you I hope you would have won. Um, but I doubt that Jets are on a lot of rosters, and I don't think that they're rostered yet. We'll see what happens in waivers tomorrow, but they actually have a sneaky good matchup if you want to pick them to go up against that putrid Denver Broncos offense next weekend. So with that being said, New York Jets, hats off to you! Impressive performance. I was just sitting there watching my fantasy team with Brees Hall go off, and watching my Packers just get destroyed um, in that second half. It was embarrassing, but you gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due, and Jets just outplayed them. So good on them. Yeah, Quinton Williams, who beast, and then for top kicker, um, Ryan Suckup he for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he was the top kicker this week um no surprise there he's he's gonna have those weeks where he because Tom Brady will at least get him in field position to um make uh to get points you gotta get credit where credit's due uh for Tom Brady even though they lost that game um yeah he just had field goal opportunities so he nailed one plus yarder, and that will always push a kicker in a different stratosphere from a weekly performance perspective. So, Ryan Suckup, top kicker of the week. Now, if we want to go into the breakouts of the week, our all-breakout team is quarterbacked by the 37-year-old Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan. Looked like he was playing to his potential on Sunday. We haven't seen that yet. He was getting the ball out, getting it to his receivers, getting it to his running backs. It was great to see. Um just we haven't seen Maddie Ice play that way yet under Frank Reich. And I don't know what got into him on Sunday. He outperformed his projection very well. And I don't know will he get 58 attempts regularly I don't know probably not when Jonathan Taylor comes back but if he can keep getting at least that those 30 attempts at least you know somewhere over 30 attempts that might be his sweet spot because when Jonathan Taylor comes back you hope that the Colts have a more complete offense and right now they really don't uh it's just it's so disheveled in certain areas whereas we thought it would be more consistent that being said we'll see what happens but um, nonetheless let's go into the running backs where we have our breakout running back breakout player of the week basically just Dion Jackson Dion Jackson had 12 carries 42 yards one touchdown and then 10 receptions which probably really pushed him over the edge 10 receptions for 79 yards. So PPR, half PPR gem right there. I'm sure that those owners who got him were not expecting that cherry on top. Um, In standard, he probably benefited a little bit with the touchdown and the yardage, but not so much in the reception category. So that being said, Deion Jackson, all breakout player of the week and our breakout running back. And then in our next breakout position, I put Kenyon Drake in there. Now, a lot of this is a little bit subjective on my part uh, when I put this together. But I like to think that I have a pretty good pulse on what's expected and what's not expected. And I can assure you that you never know when the Kenyon Drake week is going to come. And when it comes, it is spectacular so look for him to get picked up on a lot of waivers because of his his fantasy football pedigree. Um, against the Giants, in 10 rushes for 119 yards. One reception, which actually like him being kind of more of that receiver, change of pace back is his MO generally back in his Miami days. We all saw that in him. Um, but yeah, great change of pace back. If he... If he's in a position where he's healthy, he's not having to share too much. He's not getting relied on every play, but he's going to get the bulk of it in terms of opportunities in the backfield. He generally performs. And this Ravens team has struggled to find consistency in that running back position, especially considering Dobbins and his injury. So uh, Kenyon Drake... Uh, definitely might be on the buy list this week but we'll find out in the next segment then um breakout wide receivers this week brandon Ayuk had himself a day in atlanta two touchdowns definitely set him apart from the crowd um just not enough well actually he probably should have been yeah he probably should have been the flex for the all fantasy team so we'll scratch uh Pittman well because Ayuk though still like he would still be on this breakout because this was his biggest game he's had so far this season he jumped from three receptions 58 yards uh, zero touchdowns to eight receptions 83 yards and two touchdowns Um, yeah so he he put him in the flex instead of Michael Pittman I'm gonna update that on my that my bad folks no offense to Michael Pittman but he's gonna have to go to honorable mention and that's all right because Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I did put Pittman in honorable mention, but I forgot to update it, so that was my bad. But yeah, Brandon Ayuk oh, um, would have definitely set you apart. And of course, I'm the one that had him on my bench because I had to start. I had to start Courtland Sutton and that putrid Denver offense. I'm. I am as you can tell. I am on tilt about Denver right now I am just so confused what what we were promised the bill of goods we were sold was a complete sham Um, I'm just very curious to see what Denver's plan is after this Monday night game so then back to our all breakout week six Chase Claypool finally had himself a day and that's what we wanted to see from him It the tide really turned though, uh, when the game plan changed. As I don't think the game plan must really changed. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not Mike Tomlin, but seemed as though they wanted to get him more involved. You can clearly tell. You know, seven receptions for seven targets, 96 yards and a touchdown. That's what you want to see from Claypool, and I'm just surprised that he doesn't get the ball more often. Matt Canada needs to do that i feel like if this pittsburgh steelers team is going to be more successful down the stretch because when chase claypool gets the ball in his hands usually good things happen now on chase claypool's end though he has to be consistent catching the ball he has not always been the um the model for receivers in terms of bringing the ball in but when he has the when when the when the stars align he can perform much like his former teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster. And he continues to be a strong receiver for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This was his best game by far against the Bills. And yeah, he scored a touchdown, his first touchdown of the season. This is the issue, though, with the Kansas City offense, is that Patrick Mahomes will target anybody. That could have easily been marquez valdez scantling depending on the day and if marquez decided he was going to catch the ball that being said juju is one to watch for i saw some people go so far as to play him credit to them he's definitely a boom for his projection week in and week out though i can't guarantee that he will do that i i personally stay away from him generally speaking in fantasy but if you if you submitted him in a flex spot on the off chance that he was going to do what he did, you, you would have, you would have been pleased with your results. So yeah, good game, Juju. And then moving down to the tight end positions, we're going to go break out Robert Tanyan. Obviously we know him because of what he did in 2020. Uh, but this is his first, he's getting more involved in green base offense week in and week out. And that has to be recognized that he is a must start. I think the touchdown is coming. More touchdowns are coming. Obviously, he had the one against New England. But Washington, he will probably get one. Um, Yeah, I feel like he's not. Yeah, I feel like he's a start at this point, especially considering where you might have drafted him. I would hope that you had other players in your lineup that are putting up more points, that you can take that risk on the off chance that he has an off day or Aaron Rodgers has success targeting other players elsewhere. So Tanyan is worth the risk if you can afford it. Then we'll go to Hunter Henry. Remember Hunter Henry? I just did uh, this weekend and yeah, he's still on the Patriots and he had a great game against the Browns. I will this be consistent. I don't know. Uh, he had the touchdown, which was a huge benefit to him. And he also had four receptions for 60 yards, which would have been a PPR benefit as well. Uh, I, I still think he's a little touchdown dependent. He has been trending upwards the past three weeks. Um, it does that mean I'm going to play him next weekend? Maybe because it's Chicago, uh, it's not like Chicago's has been consistent, but um, it, it's going to depend because there's new targets emerging in this Patriots offense that are going to bode, uh, that are going to merit targets as well, which is why his teammate rookie taekwon Thornton is the flex breakout of the week. Taekwon's trajectory has been going upward in this Patriots offense. Obviously, noted for his size and speed he was getting involvement in the Detroit game two receptions not for a whole heck of a lot but he had he had a rushing touchdown and he had a receiving touchdown against the Browns so we need to take note of that in terms of what his involvement with the offense is going to be and if you're New England I feel like you would be dumb not to play him obviously injured the first four weeks but to have the type of game that he had, especially coming off of an injury, we need to take uh, we need to take that into account, and we need to add him to our rosters so that somebody else doesn't. I was high on Taquan Thornton. I wish I would have picked him up when he was hurt, and I'm concerned that I'm not going to get that opportunity because I have other pieces in other places, in certain leagues. And in a one league where it's a 10-team league, I just I can't justify picking him up yet. Maybe I will, but we'll see what happens. Um, shout out to the Phantom League. All the guys are listening to this, and they are probably going to go after him and play him against me now. Just how the cookie crumbles when you have a fantasy football podcast. And then for defense special teams, despite playing like garbage on the offensive side of the ball. The Cardinals are the breakout defense. I don't anticipate we will see them very often because it was Seattle's offense that they were playing against, and Seattle's offense didn't play to their capabilities that I generally have expected them to with Geno at the helm, but they have been really good at shutting down wide receiver one options for offenses so we have to at least give them credit where they have a strength in one area because obviously coaching is not one offense play is spotty the running back is not one Eno Benjamin did not have a good showing in his opportunity uh defense will have to keep them in games if they are going to win anything so yeah, I mean, they did what they could, but it's just not the prettiest of games. So, not the prettiest of games in general this weekend. Just considering how the underdogs made themselves, away- like they made themselves present. So, if you vote, if you bet, if you bet underdogs this week, uh, took the, mo- took, the mon- took the money dogs and the money line, whew, you would have you have done pretty well for yourself, especially in that Pittsburgh Tampa game. And then uh Saints kicker Will Lutz, breakout kicker. Usually just he just hasn't had a week like that yet. So whiz we'll give him his flowers and move on. Because I don't really know how to say I don't know if I don't think anybody can confidently say. This kicker is going to go off this week. Oh, this kicker is going to go off this week. It's clearly about opportunity and will they have the field position to do it. Because obviously if you have a kicker that's going to have play in a game where the quarterback scores six touchdowns, he's going to have six extra point opportunities. And then it's going to be awesome. And you're going to be happy because your kicker at least got some points. But, you know, sometimes it's just not going to happen that way. So with kickers, it's just like, I don't know, it's like, it's like shooting blindfolded. Uh, tough to pick, so. But, you know, we'll give credit where credit's due because people still have leagues with kickers in them. Honorable mentions this week. Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Marcus Mariota. If you would have had those guys on your fantasy teams, you would have patted yourself on the back, and they did an admirable job. Marcus Mariota. It's interesting because it seems as though Arthur, coach Arthur, is containing him enough to make him versatile so that his running ability is what keeps him effective in games. So they're not having him throw a whole lot, which might be the best for him. And he, I think he knows he's a place filler, uh, just a placeholder for a future talent, maybe Desmond Ritter. But um, right now, he's doing what he needs to do to win in Atlanta. Sneaky good. Might be a sneaky playoff team. Who knows? Call me crazy, but crazier things have happened. It's the NFL. And then um, Austin Eckler, that running back. We were nervous about Austin earlier in the season. We were nervous about all running backs earlier in the season, but he's proved him and Derrick Henry are proving to be the two that you probably would have wanted if you were drafting in that first round. Um, Yeah. So Austin Eckler, honorable mention Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Brees Hall, man, impressive. You can't go wrong with Brees Hall. I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see if he can keep this going and how often the jets are going to go. To him, and he, I mean, he's taken ownership over the backfield, even with Michael Carter there. So, that being said, we'll keep on playing Brees Hall no matter what right now. And he, he, because he just gets it done multiple ways. He can, he, he's great in the pass game, as we saw against Miami. Then he gashes defenses in the run game, as we saw against the Packers. So, Brees Hall must start in my in my book right now. Michael Pittman, Jr., should have been honorable mention. Apologize for putting him in the flex in the All-Fantasy Week 6. That spot belonged to Brandon Ayuk. Paris Campbell, honorable mention. Matt Ryan, with whenever you're going to throw the ball 50-plus times, you're going to have multiple receivers involved, and Paris Campbell was the third beneficiary of that, um, as opposed to Alec Pierce, who did not have as good of a game. But, uh, yeah, awesome stuff. We well, always wanted to see Paris Campbell get more involved, but um just doesn't happen a whole lot. So, Paris Campbell, is he better than Alex Pierce? I don't think so. I I would rather play Alec Pierce most Sundays, but you know, if you're in desperate situations, Paris Campbell as a flex, I don't know, maybe? Maybe not. Dante Pettis for Chicago is another good option for emergency flex situations. He seems to be um one of Justin Fields' more trustworthy receivers. Not that Darnell Mooney isn't, but Dante Pettis just has a little more edge to him. He's been outperforming his expectations. Now I'm not saying he's doing that consistently. Uh, you know, he just he just has those games where he's going to score a touchdown. I I'm going to walk back everything I said. Looking at his stat line. (sighs) No, stay away. Sorry, should not have said what I said. Zero. He had goose eggs the past four weeks, and then he just had this one Washington game. Folks, I apologize for saying that. I did not mean to say that. Sometimes I have to look at this stuff in real time because... I still have a full-time job and I don't get to look at fantasy football all day. Otherwise I would not have made that mistake. My apologies. And then we're going to talk about honorable mentions here. As we look at Seahawks defense, special teams, Patriots defense, special teams, Falcons defense, special teams, and commanders. They did great jobs at their, in their respective matchups. Um, Some of them did not pull it out. Um, Actually, no. Yeah. All these teams won. So, Um, credit to them for keeping it together on the defensive side of the ball and not losing those points for you so that's all you want for your defense like you just don't want them to start losing points because when your defense gets to a point where they're just getting beat down and it or it's just a shootout of a game that's one of the most demoralizing uh that's one of the most demoralizing defensive woes to deal with in fantasy football so We want to avoid that at all costs, and that's what we will help you do in our next section. So, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Dynamic Duos and Buy, Sell, or Holds. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football, and email the show at Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right, let's be frank here. Dynamic duos were not very dynamic this weekend, so we're going to obviously... Top one, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Next up, Matt Ryan, Deion Jackson, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and we'll even throw Alec Pierce in there because even if you would have played Alec Pierce, you would have been happy with his stat line despite it not being as proficient as the other receivers. Hopefully, you would have other players just based on where you would have had Alec Pierce or picked him up. Obviously, if you picked him up because you saw him on waivers, emergency you probably lost, but yeah, you can't go wrong with that stack because Matt Ryan would have had enough points to make you uh, make you smile, and then Alec Pierce would have just been a cherry on top. So either way, any of those guys, great combinations there for your fantasy team to help build a win. And then likewise, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Dawson Knox joined the party this week. Dawson Knox I'm not going to necessarily break down the waiver barrier to pick him up but it was great nonetheless so good on Dawson Knox he's not putting up the numbers he put up last year but he had himself one of those games this past weekend worth shouting out and then of course on the other side of the ball well not the other side of the ball but you know what I mean the other quarterback in that game Patrick Mahomes Juju Smith-Schuster Travis Kelsey Nicole Hardman would have been great stacks in respective lineups depending on what you needed uh, even in DFS situations could have seen any somebody you know slide one of those guys in with Patrick Mahomes to build that stack so yeah that was all we had basically from a dynamic duo perspective it was it was feast or famine mostly famine this week in the NFL so it's just tough to watch not a lot of offensive production but the teams that had players that produced benefited, and that's why you got the win this week. Buy, sell, or hold. That is a segment to close up our recaps. You know, just kind of give you guys that look going into what you should be adding to your team going into this coming weekend. So, first off, I want to start out by talking to all Jonathan Taylor owners. You guys, some of you guys are in really bad situations. I know this isn't everybody, but I have, there's particular Jonathan Taylor owners in the leagues that I'm in, particular Christian McCaffrey owners in the leagues I've been are, you know, just coming off their first win this past weekend or have yet to get a win entirely for this fantasy football season. You have to salvage your roster. You have to do something. It is looking bad. You need to get points. You need to hit that waiver wire hard. You need to like pick up Matt Ryan. You need to just you need to start generating points from other locations, other position groups. You can't just wait for Jonathan Taylor to be healthy and expect him to score 40 points when he gets back. It's gonna be a gradual comeback for him. It's not going to be, oh, Jonathan Taylor comes back and everything is hunky-dory. He wasn't even doing Jonathan Taylor numbers that he was doing last year. He has had regression. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, he's had a better year than he has, but everything was going to be better than what he had had the past couple of seasons. The only people that are really benefiting from the first round are Austin Eckler drafters, Justin Jefferson drafters, and then anybody else who was able to kind of scrounge together other players. Leonard Fournette drafters extremely happy with their situations right now in a lot of instances. Uh, um Derrick Henry owners it, it, this is this is why fantasy football is the sum of the whole team not just having a couple key parts. It is awesome when you can have that running back that stalwart as we like to call them you know kind of like in stocks you just have that one stock that's just always growing, always showing always showing. Just the ability to win. And the fantasy football stalwarts that we thought were going to be the household names where we were going to bang the drum and get behind just have not been what we expected them to be. Josh Allen owners, Joe Burrow owners, extremely happy right now. Quarterback position has been dominant this season. More dominant than we thought it would. More dominant than it's been in years past. You gotta have one of those dudes. I feel like to win this year. It's it, it the recipe to win in fantasy football is. I don't think it's going through the running back position anymore, and because running backs now they're just so far and few between the way the game has shifted, the way the game's evolved with this RPO, we have to be looking at our quarterback, wide receiver options more earnestly. And really taking advantage and putting those elements of risk in our rosters. Those elements of risk, yeah, they might be volatile. But what's worse than starting a receiver that could either get go like get a boom, like say Devontae Adams? We could go three receptions, hundred yards, two touchdowns. Uh, there's a running back's not going to necessarily do that in three rushing attempts. So. We need the, that big play potential. You need big play potential to get big fantasy points. And I'm just, I am just—I'm seeing these lineups that people are putting out there, and it's just like, what, what, wh- where, when did you think that was going to work? If something's not working, you need to pivot, and you need to pivot fast. There is still a lot, of, a lot of opportunity left in the season, especially for most of you twelve-team leagues that are probably playing fourteen-week seasons. 13, 14 week season, depending on how long you're well, even 15 weeks if you only have a four-team playoff. So you have to start thinking a little more outside the box and looking for production in other places. You're going to have to put out maybe an RB2 from a team. You're gonna have to you, you have to be able to pivot quick and pivot fast. You need to restructure that roster. You should not be fielding rosters that have guys with injuries. That is just poor gamesmanship and not respecting the league as a whole. I'm just saying from a commissioner, I saw a really pathetic lineup out there this past weekend. And I know the guy had a lot of injuries on his team, but he made no attempt to change anything. And it's frustrating. And the rest of the league was kind of frustrated by it because his team barely performed. And obviously it stinks Like, because you're going to have to make moves with guys you don't want to drop but you need to be fielding out those teams because you never know when you could get that win. You never know what your opponent, your opponent's team could collapse to. So you have to be able to put a lineup out there, anything with a pulse, anything, any player that's getting actual snaps for the chance to win. I just had to say that PSA announcement because when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Like I said, last season, I was dead in the water in a league. I basically went 0-6, but then I strung together a, enough wins and enough things fell my way in the league that I was able to win a championship at 7-8 for the record. So if that can be done, I know it was only a 10-team league and we were trying out League Tycoon for the first time on the platform, but it's it's possible. Anything is possible in fantasy football. You just have to give yourself the chance to actually... To actually have the chance to win. And when you're not even giving yourself the chance, it's not—it's just not fair to the competitive parity and nature of what fantasy football is supposed to be for the league. So there's my rant as a commissioner. Let's go into the buy, sell, or holds. So my buys this week, if I'm in a quarterback pickle, I'm looking at Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson, who's coming back sooner than later, um, week 11. If you have the opportunity to stash him right now, I see he's available in a number of leagues. Uh, you know, you got to start thinking a week ahead. It's like with Geno Smith before, you know, we ha- he had the Detroit game, but nobody was still picking him up. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily the best option, but he's far from the worst. So you can't go wrong with him. Next guy I'm looking at is Taylor Heineke. We have seen this guy. He plays with house money when he's out there for the commanders. They love him in Washington. He's kind of a gimmick, but he makes plays. He takes risks, and he's going to potentially raise the floor and of Terry McLaurin because he has the chemistry with him, whereas Carson Wentz, this is his first time driving the car, which is the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke has been behind this wheel before. He knows how this offense ticks. He knows who his playmakers are. he's been there. Next up, if Brian Robinson is still available, I would be taking him because after seeing what Brees Hall did against the Packers, I'm not saying Brian Robinson is going to do the same thing, but Taylor Heineke is going to be taking chances. Brian Robinson is going to be in the area of making plays. So with that being said, I would be comfortable starting Brian Robinson in certain instances, depending on what my roster lineup is. Next up, Kenyon Drake. So Baltimore Ravens put him out there, and he balled out for them. I, I don't know if he can do it two weeks in a row because he's getting older. He's not what he used to be. But, you know, we've seen these guys go off in spurts. Before, um, Baltimore Ravens, they need play production from somewhere. So why not Kenyon Drake? Lamar Jackson can't be the running back and the quarterback. Kenyon Drake is the answer right now, especially if J.K. Dobbins is going to be hurt. Not sure necessarily what Gus Edwards is doing, but he's still coming back and he will get some snaps eventually. But this will be a multi-backfield, back it's looking like. But right now, Kenyon Drake seems to be the one carrying the baton the most. Obviously, you do need big plays from him. He's not getting that over 13 carries a game that we'd like to see. But He's getting the opportunities and he is a big splash playmaker when he gets the opportunities. So why not? Tyquan Thornton, that four, three speed out of Baylor. He is something special for the Pats. I see him available in a lot of leagues. I obviously he's sharing that field with, with, uh, with Jacoby Myers and Devante Parker. So that could lead to some targets not going his way, but He got the ball in a rushing situation. So it's safe to say the Pats do want to use him in different capacities. Allen Robinson had a game. So did Ben Skoranek. Tyler Higby's targets could be going down. If you're you're a Tyler Higby owner, you might need to change your situation because he is going to be needed more in a blocking capacity because the Rams O-line is so depleted. They showed that graphic up on Sunday where the O-line from the Super Bowl team last year and compared to the O-line this season, completely different cast of characters. Kind of scary if you're Matt Stafford and this rushing game. And plus, Cam Akers now looks like he's going to get traded, so it's going to be Henderson's backfield. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like if you need... A quick start. Alan Robinson, as difficult as he is to trust, he's not the worst. So grab your hands on him. Then Josh Palmer, I don't think he's available in a lot of leagues, but he seems to be a guy that gets dump off targets from Justin Herbert. He did on Monday night. He you would have had a really good start with him. so he's not the worst to go after either. Um, and then Wandell Robinson. He is the wide receiver that Brian Dable and company drafted. They didn't draft those other guys that New York has. So I think Wandell Robinson has an opportunity to be one of those top receivers for the Washington football team. And I also think that Bellinger will be up there with him because they could dominate the snap count for that offense. Wandell Robinson had already beat Richie James out of a spot in the preseason, and He's coming in healthy. If he's available, I would jump on him. For whatever reason, I saw Mike Kosicki on waivers, and he was the top-scoring tight end this weekend. I'm not sure why that was the case, but he's going to be available for targets because the secondary is going to be prioritizing Waddle and Hill so much more heavily going down the stretch. With Tua coming back, I do anticipate Mike Kosicki getting more target opportunities especially around the goal line as the season carries on. Not saying he's going to be a home run hitter every week and get two touchdowns like he did this past weekend, but he's not always touchdown dependent. I feel like you could get some good productivity with Mike Kosicki. My cells, Carson Wentz now being out, I know that he had a decent first couple of weeks, but the plane was landing with him, and I'm not sure what version of Carson Wentz we're going to get if he comes back this season, which he probably will based on his injury, but I'm not confident in his abilities and neither should you. I'm happy that he might've got you a couple of wins and that was a really great save because you probably drafted somebody that you weren't too thrilled about or you're just a Carson Wentz enthusiast for whatever reason and you drafted him initially, but it's time to cut ties with him and go another direction probably for the rest of the season. I feel like he is a guy that you fill in depending on the matchup but I can't trust him. He's inconsistent. Russell Wilson, my gosh, it's terrible. We've had one week we can really hang our hat on. Maybe two if you want to count the Seattle matchup, but I don't even want to do that because it wasn't all that great for what we expect from Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if it's Hackett or if it's Russell Wilson. It could be either one of them. I'm tired of it, and... As should you be, and I don't know if that's because we've just been seeing a lot of Denver in prime time, and we just need to see them on at on in a, like a afternoon early slate on Sundays. Just get them off prime time television. The Denver Broncos are the worst. Just it's just terrible. I they're not the worst, but they're one of the worst teams to watch. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Cooper Rush, I think his time in the sun is done. And he could bounce back he has that edge but I think it's time we get Dak back so I know that I'm selling a lot of quarterbacks today but these are just different guys that I've been looking at Tom Brady too I, I what did he do this Sunday he's I have a feeling that he is getting old as much as he you think that yeah, football is his A1, his first priority. He's got a lot of money coming to him from Fox after this season's over. The whole off-the-field issues with him and his wife. And then he's at Robert Kraft's wedding on on Friday night before the football game. Bill Simmons said something really interesting on his podcast on Monday. and He said, you know where Bailey Zappi was on Friday? He was in the hotel room studying for his game. And I know that we want to give these veterans the benefit of the doubt, but when one guy, and we can even say this with Russell Wilson, one guy is not bigger than the entire team. I know they're the quarterbacks, and I know that they deserve a certain level of respect and cachet, especially when, they're, when they've are when they proven themselves as much as they have. But Tom Brady, not going... Doing things with the rest of his team and going off and doing his own thing, and then cussing out the O line in Pittsburgh on Sunday after he had totally went to New York City for Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday night. I'm sorry, I just I'm not I'm not gelling with what the Bucks are doing. He's having a very difficult time getting anybody else involved outside of Leonard Fournette, occasionally Mike Evans. He's struggling, and I, I the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not confident in the bill of goods that they're selling us right now. They're having trouble in the O-line. The defense is what this team is hanging their hat on. It's similar difficulties to what the Packers are having with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not saying Tom Brady's washed because as soon as I say that, I'm going to have to eat my words and he's going to prove me wrong. But that's just what I'm considering right now. As for my holds, I don't know. Matt Ryan, I'm just not convinced. I think he's going to have more weeks like he did last time, but I I'm not really if I have one of those quarterbacks that I'm already comfortable with, I don't think I'm just going to drop somebody on my team just to pick up Matt Ryan. Um I just am not feeling it yet. I need to see more somebody is going to pick him up who needs quarterback production and i recommend somebody who needs point scorers to pick up Matt Ryan because you need to take some more risk on your team especially if you have Jonathan Taylor then Bailey Zappi i'm holding on i just i i if mac jones comes back i'm not sure if it's if it's going to be zappi or mac we need to see more we are impressed with what he's accomplished but is he start worthy on fantasy not yet. So if he's on your waivers, don't go don't go trying to put a bunch of fab on him. It's not it's not worth it. Aaron Rodgers too, we got a hold on it. I think that there's just a lot of things that this Packers team is trying to figure out from an identity standpoint. and that's just where we're at right now. And then uh, I put Dion Jackson as another hold because I liked what he did on Sunday, but I don't know if he's going to do that again. If you can probably, I mean, shoot, maybe put him in the sell category, try to trade him. Some of these guys in the sell category too, like maybe find a trade for them. That's what you should do. You know, it's difficult. You know, some some of these guys that we thought were going to be better than what they are. Shoot, find the guy that thinks that they're still worth that and then trade him. I traded DeAndre Swift in my Dynasty League for Brees Hall and a draft pick, it it paid off, I traded Alvin Kamara for, um, for Mike Evans, and draft pick, I know I probably shouldn't have done that, but I mean shoot, that was the week after Mike Evans' suspension, and I had Mike Evans and TJ Hawkinson in my lineup, and I had the highest score in the league that week, Now, Mike Evans obviously took a bit of a dip, but you can't expect him to do the great things. So, if you're concerned about certain guys on your roster, like, shoot, maybe even Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, depending on his situation, Christian McCaffrey, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's a fire sale going on in Carolina without them saying that there's a fire sale. The way that they got rid of Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals, that's going to be interesting to watch for. So, if you don't like the situation that you're in, find a new situation. You can do a lot better. Dumpster diving on the waiver wire than just sitting there with a bunch of players on injured reserve or doubtful or day to day, whatever it is. Just change your situation. And I know this was a, you know, I hope that this was kind of a wake up call to some of you in the fantasy world. But I'm here to just be real with you. You can still win. You can still win this fantasy football season. Your team is not that far away from a victory. Any given Sunday. Remember that. Any given Sunday. So with that being said, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore Fantasy. Instagram and TikTok with the same handle, FSM underscore Fantasy. Check us out at phantomsportsindustries.com. With that being said, you all have a great rest of your week. And I'll be with you for a week seven preview tomorrow. Peace.